honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to finally be back. The lawn cleanups are over. And, well, it's raining out, too. That's the funny part. It seems like it's always raining when I do this show. <laughs> no, not maybe not always, but lately... Uh, the Timberwolves start off the season four and seven, so things not quite where we would like coming in, but I'm sure there's an adjustment period. It's all of that going on. Players got to learn the hard way, this and that. Thibodeau's got to be one of the loudest coaches of all time. In fact, I do remember I do remember that back when he was with Chicago. I'm like, wow, he really does yell a lot, doesn't he? It's kind of funny. <laughs> His voice sounds funny, too, when he's out there yelling. Um, yeah, that's kind of been the trend here. I'm going to have to brush things with a broad show because it's been a long time since the last show. I mean, it was October 30th. The first two games, the Wolves start the season out 0-2 with a couple of close losses. Then they romp on Memphis on the November the 1st, 116-80. to But of course, Memphis, for some strange reason that I don't understand, did a, did a Popovich. I mean, you have no Conley, no Gasol. In the third game of the season, um, you're just sitting guys out? Like, that didn't make any sense. I... Didn't understand that at all. You have a close loss to Denver. Another extremely frustrating game on Thursday the 3rd. You go to Saturday, November the 5th. The Wolves get romped by Oklahoma City. And Russell Westbrook gets his 19th uh, triple-double of the season already. No, basically. Um, Tuesday, November the 8th. The Wolves lose in Brooklyn. Unbelievably frustrating. And then you have a back-to-back and whoop-up on Orlando. And right around this point, and, but even though you could say at the beginning of the season even, you saw early signs of it, you're noticing something. Um, you're noticing Andrew Wiggins is really, <laughs> he really is the top, uh, he really is the top scoring option on this team. And I think he should be long-term. Um, I've been saying that pretty much since he got here. And I didn't didn't uh, back away from it when Carl Anthony Towns came in. Not at all, in fact. Um, I got a little annoyed with how most people in town thought, ah, he's just kind of a sleepy guy. He's not as good as people think. He, you know, maybe he, he'd be somebody you'd look to trade. He's going to, uh, Levine's going to be better than him. No. Um, Levine has explosive skills and he has some, he's had some great games and such. Uh, he had that huge game against Memphis, but again, who was, who was guarding him? I mean, I, I don't even know who was guarding him. It's like that. Um, but again, he's he's much more one-dimensional, I think. Uh, people on Flip's, uh, Flip's Army, I'll give them a shout-out right here, right now. The Facebook page, please do join that if you could. Thank you very much, Trevor Wickerin. Great guy. Let's me post the uh, the link to Timberwolves Explosion on, on uh, his page. Thank you very much. On Facebook, of course. Uh, people on there basically saying how Wiggins needs to rebound. Well, he's rebounding now. Um, he's doing a lot better. He's setting people up. But uh, you're also noticing a really exciting trend with him. As we go forward, um, the frustrating part is the Wolves just seem, seeming to get pounded time and time again. I'll go to that again really quick. The Clipper game, the Wolves lose that one, 119-105, and I was frustrated the whole game. The Wolves were down by 10 or more the entire way, and it's like thinking, it's just the Clippers, right? I mean, they're good, but they're not like a great team. And then, of course, you get people tweeting me, and I'll get back to that in the third segment, the fan interaction segment. 
Um, I'll save my thoughts for that. But, well, I'll just say, you know, people coming at me telling me, oh, they're the best team in the league. And it's like, yeah, in November. I mean, woohoo. <laughs> Seriously. It's okay to get frustrated when you're losing at home like that the entire game. And I've, I'll never tell you. I will never tell you the Clippers are the best team in the league. I, I mean, sure, they have a good record, but it's November. Like, November. Yeah. Does, how many NBA titles are won in November? You know, I'm, I'm still waiting on that one. Good, good, good luck with that statement. Um, but that's already just four games ago. So, real quick, though, I've got to get my thoughts on Andrew Wiggins. Um, this is something very special we're seeing take place with him. You're seeing happen what I was hoping, hoping, I can't talk, hoping would happen for the longest time. And that's the coach turning over the keys to the franchise over to Andrew Wiggins. And that is what Tom Thibodeau has done. And it's not trying to take anything away from Carl Anthony Towns because he very well might end up being the MVP, so to speak, of the team. He might end up being a league MVP, which would be really cool. <laughs> really exciting, obviously. We've only had one of those, and it only happened once. But, you know, that's not a knock on the old the old guy, the, the grandfather in the, in the State Farm commercial. But <laughs> that being Kevin Garnett, the future Clipper, right? Um, but Andrew Wiggins is the go-to guy. And anybody that disagrees with that, I don't know. Um, there's nothing wrong with certain games. Levine is Levine's the go-to guy because he's on fire. Maybe Wiggins is a little bit quieter. Same thing with Carl Anthony Towns, of course, down low. But again, another trend that's driving me crazy. I'll get back to that. for. I'll stick with Wiggins for now. <laughs> I'm going all over the place because I'm trying to catch up here. You know, it's been a month uh, since I did the last show because of the lawn cleanups. Got everything done, which is great. Um, well, not a month, three weeks. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> but um, he's turned the keys over to Andrew Wiggins, and you're seeing him in a LeBron James type of role with this team. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant type of role because very often, not only does he have the ball most of the time, but I mean, he's bringing the ball up the court like a LeBron James. Like he's kind of becoming that guy. Like the offense throw flows through Andrew Wiggins. And that's extremely exciting. And you kind of got that sense coming into the season when Tom Thibodeau spoke about Andrew Wiggins and how he wanted him to have take, take over that leadership role on the team. Um, and he said that Andrew Wiggins has the ability to do that. It's not He's not just a sleepy guy who has no leadership skills. He's just quiet uh, around us, around the media, and around the public. But <laughs> deep down inside, he, he has that leadership ability. Uh, it's still developing. Though he's only 21 years of age, and we're going to hear about how everybody's super young all the time. I know that it frustrates everybody, including myself, particularly when the Wolves dropped to 2-6 and six on Saturday, November the 12th just a week ago or so. Um, but you're seeing signs, and you're seeing a takeover ability from Andrew Wiggins, and it's just been unbelievable. Uh, checking in on the Clipper game, might as well check in a little bit. Uh, Clippers just made every three they want to do, it seemed like. It felt like it. About 46% from the floor, 11 of 24. Uh, Wolves, 8 of 22. This is one of their weaker three-point games. And one of the other remarkable statistics coming into the season is the Wolves have the best three-point percentage in the NBA right now. How about that? I mean, wow. I wish the Vikings offense was the same way when you consider like Tom Thibodeau's like a Mike Zimmer to the uh, to the NBA. Very very similar in that sense where he kind of he started late. He was a defensive coach for so long and it was a long time until he finally got a head coaching job because maybe personality or whatever the hell it was. You know, he's not exactly walking around shaking everyone's hand and 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 uh 
putting continental diamond rings on their fingers. No, I'm getting like Flip Saunders. God bless him and God rest his soul. Um, yeah, he's not he's not the people person Flip Saunders was. Of course, not a bad guy at all. At the same time, just more of bunker mentality, um, and that's probably what slowed his progress to being an NBA head coach. A lot of us have been frustrated with how the season has started. You're wondering what Thibodeau's doing sometimes, certain rotations, but then again, what else is new, right? But out of all the complaints of Tom Thibodeau and starting Nemanja Bielitsa at, at uh, small forward in one of the games when uh, Levine was out, <laughs> other than that, you know, against the Lakers, we'll get back to we'll get to that one in a second. Um, him giving Andrew Wiggins this leadership role and running the offense through him, I think is a stroke of genius, and it's something I've been hoping for for a long time. And you're noticing progress out of it. You're noticing results out of it. We're losing right now, but you're seeing a player become a superstar. Not not a star, a superstar. And Carl Anthony Towns quietly is averaging 22 points and, 10, and, and uh, 9 rebounds a game, but Andrew Wiggins at this stage, 27 points a game. Just unbelievable. Now, this was one of the weaker games for Andrew against the Clippers, 8-24, of only 22 points in that one, but Carl, 24-10, and 10, you know, Kevin Garnett-type numbers. That was great, uh, but overall, a very frustrating game. Um, one thing that's been driving me crazy forever is Jordan Hill still has basically seen absolutely no time on the floor. Uh, I don't know, uh, Cole Aldridge fouled out against his former team, this and that. Um, I don't really want to talk about the Clipper game anymore. It was lame. It was really lame. Um, unwatchable basketball. Uh, so then you go to Sunday, November the 13th. The Wolves just destroy the, the Lakers. It felt like kind of a, me- a messy game, though. Um, the defense was like good and bad and good and bad. The sh- shot selection was good and bad, good and bad. But then all of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins... Just kept attacking the lane, putting spin moves on, and then getting to the free throw line like nobody's business, like you never saw. Again, he played shooting guard in this game because, uh, again, uh, Levine out. Nemanja Belica to small forward. I was wondering, what the hell is Thibodeau doing? So then Nemanja tells me to shut my big mouth and gets 24 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, even steals the ball 3 freaking times. And the Wolves destroy a Lager team that was, uh, well, playing pretty good. They're 6-3 and three at the time. And now they're six and five, so it looks like we kind of started a little downtrend for the Los Angeles Lakers, led by Luke Walton. Um, very talented team. Julius Randle's already had a triple double out there. Uh, Gorgie really getting quiet again. Kind of like the kind of like how Gorgie got quiet sometimes last year. He's certainly not an all star out there. Um, he's a good he's a good power forward, and he does a lot of the little things that type of deal. He's more of a glue guy than like a leader on a team or anything. So it kind of is what it is in that sense. Uh, Carl, another 22-12 and 12 game, but again, Andrew Wiggins, just spectacular. Uh, Adrian Payne hit a couple threes in the game, lots of energy. He got some playing time finally, because when a guy goes out, that opens the opportunities for others, like the Bielitsa playing 41 minutes in the game, basically the same as Andrew Wiggins leading the way for the Timberwolves. Uh, Wiggins shot 66% from the floor. And again, uh, 11 of 22 from the free throw line, unbelievable. And he was pissed off about the missed free throws because he would have had a 50-point game if he made just three of those those five misses. Unbelievable. Um, I thought Andrew was going to get it, but then the three-pointer bang uh, clanged out. And another uh, outstanding, exciting thing with Andrew is he's leading the NBA in three-point percentage. I mean, you're seeing that that added... Uh, <laughs> you're seeing that added aspect to Andrew's game, and it's unbelievable. Um, huge added force, added weapon to Andrew Wiggins as he's becoming a great three-point shooter. Before this season, he was averaging about 30% from beyond the arc. Now he's averaging 50. 
Unbelievable. Um, it's early. It's November. He's not going to win a three-point championship in November either. So we're just going to kind of sit and hope for the best. But the guy is nailing his three-point shots. He really worked on this game in the offseason with a specialist, him and Levine and uh, Carl, along the way. Uh, but Levine and uh, Wiggins especially really worked with a specialist, and it's showing results right now. And it's absolutely fantastic. Um Man, you're, you're, you're seeing it, and you're seeing uh, Andrew Wiggins. You're, you're seeing a star be born, and it's fantastic. It's cool to see that Tom Thibodeau notices it, though, and has given the keys to Andrew Wiggins at this stage. And there's nothing wrong with it because Carl's going to give you that 22-point game all the time. And you might see 25. You might see 30. You might see Carl Anthony Towns average 24 to 26 points a game in the prime of his career. But you're also a very good chance you're going to see Andrew Wiggins average 30 a game in his career. Or at least in the prime of his career. Maybe not for his entire career. You get the idea. In the prime of his career. He may average 30 points a game. 29. Like the greats. The the, the Durants. The LeBrons. The Kobe's. Guys like that. And I think Wiggins is uh, is going to possibly be one of those type of guys. Certainly a Kevin Durant type of talent. I think it's very much there. But let's not talk about Kevin Durant. That's uh, that's 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 bad language here. That's, that's inappropriate. I do apologize for that. Uh, fun little game against the Lakers. I'm sorry about what happened, Vince, <laughs> of the courtside podcast. We're still waiting on the courtside podcast. Man, man, I thought for sure a courtside would pop in between now and uh, be- between when I uh, between the end of October when I last recorded and today where I'm recording. <clears throat> Bummer, man. Really missed the courtside podcast. Still hoping they'll be back and. Do check it out. Uh, subscribe to it because it is coming back. It is absolutely coming back. So when it does come back, you'll get it. You'll be. You'll get it right, right away when it comes out. So just like this show, Tuesday, November the fifteenth, the Wolves host the Charlotte Bob Hornets. No, the Charlotte Hornets, and they lose. Um, Kemba Walker for the 99th time romped all over the Wolves. I mean, Kemba Walker is a Timberwolf killer. He 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 hunts wolves. Andrew Wiggins, 29 points. Yeah, you know, just another average game for Andrew Wiggins, right? (laughs) Hit half of his threes, basically half of his shots from the floor. A little bit lower in the rebounding and assist categories, but he did block two shots. Fun, fun game still from him. A spectacular pass from Rubio along the way. He did have a uh, 10-assist game against the Lakers. Uh, Spectacular pass from Ricky Rubio in this game that really got a lot of people excited. Over to Carl Anthony Towns. It was it was a fun game to watch, yet at the same time it wasn't very fun. Um, again, Thibodeau, you're gonna you're hearing the loud voice. He's getting more and more frustrated, and this one got him going. Uh, the Wolves attempted 35 shots in the 35 threes in the game, and you saw Carl Anthony Towns. This is the trend I wanted to get to. That's not good. This is not a good trend. God bless Carl. We love him. He's a franchise type talent. But seriously, 10 three pointers attempted. Are you serious? Like that's too much. That's Chris Webber-like, man. Don't do that. Uh, 30%. You attempt 10 threes and make three of them. That's not winning basketball at all. Levine, 5 of 10. That is winning basketball. That's that's awesome. I mean, that's another spectacular three-point shooter. And that's what Levine brings to the Timberwolves. Um, the catch and shoot and being aggressive, attacking the rim as well. Gotta love, obviously, what Levine brings to the team. But there's so many reasons, as much as good as Levine is, that he's not the franchise type of guy that Wiggins is. He doesn't get to the free throw line like Andrew Wiggins, because nobody gets to the line like Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> the only guy who kind of does is Carl, but he didn't attempt one in this game because he's too busy on the perimeter. C- Carl, please, can you stop that? 
That would be that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, he was shooting. He would have he would have shot about fifty percent if not for that. So, Carly, that's kind of taking you out of your element. It's okay to attempt some threes. I'd give him the green light to attempt maybe two or three a game, but ten, two or three a game from your starting center or power forward, whatever whatever position he's playing at the time. Ten three point attempts. Oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> they're not going in at, at a spectacular clip and that's not going to get the job done. And yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. And it, it, it's, I hope this is going to be, I hope this is going to subside a bit because you don't want another Chris Webber. How many championship rings does Chris Webber have? We're still waiting. Antoine Walker. Well, yeah, he, he got one with the heat in a, in a deep reserve role. Of course, Walker was never a franchise player, but he, he, he was much better down low and he kept forcing up threes. That's just not winning basketball, and that helped the Wolves lose the game. It's not the only reason the Wolves lost, because again, Kemba Walker just does what he does. Just torched the Wolves the whole night. He's a really, really good player. Uh, would be a nice point guard for the Timberwolves, quite frankly, but whatever. Um, you could go ahead and love Rubio all you want. He's a great passer, but he's inconsistent at best. Uh, in just about every aspect of the game, other than passing the basketball, his defense is hot and cold. His offense is hot and cold. He sometimes turns the ball over like everybody. I mean, everybody turns the ball over. Um, that was another reason the Wolves lost. 18 turnovers. I mean, but the starters were just, just sloppy the whole game. Five turnovers are gargy. What the hell is that all about? Um, Four for Andrew, too. Just not not a good game for the Wolves. Just a mess, and Kemba took advantage of that along the way with five steals. <laughs> yeah. Um, Frank Kaminsky beat up on Carl. I, I, whatever. I, I don't believe that, man. Frank Kaminsky, you know, bleep that bleep. Remember that? Yeah, bleep that bleep. <laughs> From Carl's teammate when they were on Kentucky against Wisconsin. Yeah, well, bleep that bleep then. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. <laughs> I can't believe that guy said that, by the way. Uh, Harrison was his name. With, uh, I forget what team he's on. I think Memphis. Uh, yeah, 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 Memphis. Back in the pre- uh, regular season opener. Um, whatever. This was a really frustrating loss for the Wolves. Roy Hibbert. Man, Roy Hibbert's still alive. I can't believe it. What the hell? <laughs> Roy Hibbert, yep. Yeah. He, he was good in the game in the very limited minutes. But... Whatever. Um, I like the way Chris Dunn stays with this man, but overall, still a long, long way to go. Long, uh, big work in progress during the course of the time uh, when he started at point guard. Had his moments, but he looks like a rookie out there. Rubio's the flow of the offense is much better when he's in there, and I understand the Rubio bows out there that love him very much. Yes, he's extremely valuable to this team, and I am not ready, not ready, to turn over the uh, to turn over the playmaking to Chris Dunn, the, the offense in that sense, where I, I think Wiggins is going to be the captain of the offense long-term. But again, the point guard is the, the, the leader of the offense, regardless of who's the superstar uh, on the scoring end and such, and also capable of making plays for others and Andrew Wiggins and the other players that were much that are uh, have a much more illustrious career than Andrew at this stage out there. Um, Dunn, no, not ready to be the leader at the point guard position at this stage. He's, he's a backup. Tyus Jones was very good off the bench in the time that he uh, was able to be the immediate backup. And Thibodeau still brings him in, which is nice uh, on occasion. Nice little spark plug, little spice off the bench. I like what Tyus Jones brings offensively. He can shoot the three-point shot, and he attacks the rim too on occasion. Tyus Jones, yep, um, nice instant offense. That's basically what Tyus is. Um, he's not a leader of an offense, but he's an instant offense type of guy. 
Philadelphia, sucky Sixers. Yes, sir. They're not. They're another team across the league that nobody knows really what they're doing. Um, other than they tank every year to try to get the number one pick, and eventually they're going to take over and be a great team, like the Edmonton Oilers in hockey. You know, they're finally really good now. Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> Check out Brave the Wild whenever you feel like it. Uh, Joel Embiid is alive, which is nice. He had a double-double in the game, but and he looked good. He looked good out there, but Carl certainly had the better of him at this stage, making 66% of his shots. But Andrew Wiggins just, just toasted this team, made half his threes. He also made about two-thirds of his shots in the game. Plus 21. Carl's a plus 33, though, so he gets the nod in that category. Wow. Rubio, I mean, see, I understand Rubio brings a better flow to the offense, and I agree with that. Statistically, though, it's kind of, it's disgusting to look at sometimes. I mean, one of six from the floor, oh, four from three-point range, whatever. Only five assists, three turnovers. That's almost offset at the end of the day. So, yeah, statistically, Rubio's a lot worse than he is uh, as just a leader of the offense, creating a flow. So we do appreciate the non-statistic side of Ricky Rubio that he does bring to the table. Um, but Wiggins, I mean, far and away, just looks like a superstar out there. And it is cool to see Andrew and Carl leading the way most of the time. Levine, poor shot selection, and just not his night. Uh, 1 of 7 from beyond the arc, 5 of 14 uh, overall. Wiggins just making it look easy, just flying right through people. Uh, Rubio, again, had, had at least one or two highlight reel-type passes that led to spectacular plays. But... Again, you know, those are few, those are more few and far between than people want to admit. Um, they happen, and they're great, and we love it, but it is just one play, you know, and uh, that's usually what it is most of the time. So I'm not going to act like Ricky Rubio is the MVP of the team because he's not even close. Um, Andrew just making it look easy against a, just an undermatched uh, 76ers team, and it's nice that uh, it's nice that the Wolves are kicking this team's butt now rather than last season when they came into Target Center and just rolled over the Timberwolves. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I don't know how any of you could stand it. It was sickening. I mean, like 0-16, they just roll right over us. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. We can beat these guys. And that's what the Sixers did, and it was ridiculous. Um, another key with Andrew Wiggins was he read in the paper, Star Tribune, whatever you think of the Star Tribune, but uh, the sports section is nice anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that as is for the locals that understand more about the newspaper. Um, that Andrew Wiggins came into the came in and said, "This is you know, this is the game we have to win. There's like no excuse for this game. We have to win this game tonight. This is like it was basically something like that." And he was just you know, and then he goes out there and performs at 35 points and 10 rebounds and even sets up four assists as well. Uh, that's leadership. For a quiet guy that doesn't really say much, he says a hell of a lot when he does talk uh, in a short sentence. He's kind of like Mark as a forecaster that way, isn't he? That's leadership, baby. Uh, and yes, it's Philadelphia. They didn't go out there and romp the Warriors or the Spurs or the or the Miami Miami Heat. Yeah, right, Cleveland Cavaliers. But it's a start. When you come out and say there's just no excuse, it also shows that he didn't let the team get trapped by this Philadelphia 76ers team like last year. And the year before, you cannot get trapped by the Sixers. That, that's just embarrassing, and he didn't allow that to happen. Not only with his words, but with his actions. 35 points. The keys to the franchise. The keys. Carl, though, again, very consistent most of this week, um, this past week. Just awesome. Um, along the way, Carl had some quiet games, and it was frustrating, and he got manhandled. He got blocked a lot along the way. Carl's got to continue to develop. 
and he is going to continue to develop, and that's good to see. Um, Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine responding very well to Tom Thibodeau in practice, from what we hear, that when Thibodeau is the kind of guy, he is a little bit of a screamer, if you hadn't noticed, but he doesn't mean it personally. He's just trying to get them to learn and understand Wiggins and Levine responding well in more of a quiet way. Apparently, there's a little teeny bit of backlash on occasion from Carl so I hear, but it's not meant as like a battle because I, Duncan occasionally would backlash uh, a little bit to uh, Greg Popovich. Well, I was almost blanking on that one. Legendary Greg Popovich, despite yeah some of the stuff he says. I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was the talk in the past. How the good part about Greg Popovich and Thibodeau is that he's not picking favorites in terms of He's not going to not yell at this guy, not yell at that guy. He's going to yell at everybody. It's going to be equal equal opportunity screaming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that way you generate respect from everybody on the team rather than, oh, that's his favorite little little guy. You know, I kind of go through that at work too because I'm like the I'm like the duh, I'm like the Carl or the or the Andrew. Okay, I, I don't know what I am. I'm probably more like a maybe more like Zach Levine, <laughs> where I'll come out and respond. You know, to it. And, and that's good, in, in a good way, not not in a bad way. Just go out there and perform. Rather than argue with the coach, go out there and perform, and then there you go. That's the best way to do it. And, uh, boy, Andrew Wiggins is uh, really, really looking looking like he's becoming a superstar in this league. Timberwolves fans rejoice. You have one of the, I, I think, very, very likely a first-team All-NBA player long-term. Probably not this year, but if Andrew Wiggins doesn't make the All-Star team this year, I'll be shocked. If Carl Anthony Towns does not make the All-Star team this year, I'll be shocked. Carl Anthony Towns is an All-Star already, but Andrew Wiggins is absolutely an All-Star. Um, he might be a second-team All-NBA player right now. If, if this keeps up, he's getting to the free-throw line, attacking the rim, and he's getting calls, folks. He's getting calls. What does that tell you? That tells you the referees are respecting Andrew Wiggins, ladies and gentlemen. That is the most exciting part. You attack the rim, you work hard for it, you get rewarded by the referees in the NBA. Johnny Flynn did not get that. <laughs> That's why when Johnny Flynn would attack the rim and he'd be laying on the floor with a, with a fast break going the other way. Yeah, see guys like that, <laughs> they're not going to get the calls. But Andrew Wiggins is getting the calls already. And he's averaging 27.5 points a game. And he's leading the league in three-point percentage. He might be an MVP conversation if this keeps up. Now, he's not going to get the MVP this year, but I'm telling you, he's got some, some, oh, he's got a future in this league. I don't know how you can't be excited about it. This is as excited as I, excited as I could be about a 4-7 and seven basketball team. 4-7. and seven. Because it's going to turn around, and la- games like last night are proof that it's going to turn around, because you're not seeing the team slack off. You're not seeing the team get outworked by a, by a 0-16 team. Or a 1-15 team, or whatever the hell. And 2-10 and in this case, at the Philadelphia 76ers after the loss. They were 2-9 or nine coming into Target Center. And the Wolves took care of business. And it, it's awesome. Um, Man. Woo, boy. <laughs> really, really excited about the, the direction things are going. It's nice to see Carl already averaging 22 points a game already. But Andrew averaging 27. I mean, it's already starting to happen, folks. As frustrating as frustrating as it might be to be losing games, as you might be thinking the team might be frustrated already with, with uh, Tom Thibodeau's yelling, well, look at look what's happening, though. You're seeing guys respond, and you're seeing pieces come in place. You're, you're also seeing hope that there is going to be better defense on this team. You're seeing better defense on occasion, and it's going to start coming around in the next few months here. I know months, but whatever. These guys are 21 years old. 
and they've never really been a good defensive team in the past. But you're going to see Carl and Andrew really develop defensively, I think. And Rubio, you know, he's capable of stealing the ball and such. Nemanja Bielitsa, same thing. So you're going to see a defense that's going to continue to develop. Maybe you'll see some better defense out of Zach Levine as well, at least on the team side. Probably not one-in-one defense, um, which Andrew Wiggins is more more capable of in that category. Uh, but the future looks very, very, very bright, despite the 4-7 and seven record. And you're, you're seeing signs of it, and you're seeing a response from Andrew Wiggins from a coach giving the offense and the franchise over to him. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is in the correct role. He is in the correct role for this team, and I couldn't be more happy because last year you didn't see it at all, just on occasion early in the season, and then it just kind of went away for the longest time, and I was almost in tears about it because I knew we're missing out on something very special. Now now it's starting to, now it's starting to, to take shape more than it did, was before. So spectacular. Let's wrap up the first segment. Lone Wolf Award is Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Surprise of the decade, right? Um, Johnny Flynn Memorial. Who who can I give it to? Uh, whew. Ricky Rubio. No, not really. He's really he's brought the flow of the offense back. Um, not I don't know. I mean, just the defense in general is still not very good. The inconsistency. Even Adrian Payne's played well. Uh, maybe. I mean, even Cole Aldrich, most of the time, is, is pretty good for what you're getting out of him. Chris Dunn's not been that great. Really, he hasn't been. So I'll give a very, very gentle <laughs> Johnny Flynn Memorial to Chris Dunn. I try not to cough to death. Oh, man. Thank God for the cough button. But yeah, Chris Dunn will get the a very, very gentle uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial. So let's take a quick break and preview a couple games going into next week. And into Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. I'll try. I'm thinking I might record Wednesday. I think so before Thanksgiving. That might be a good idea, just so it's done and I keep up with the team. We'll see though. Either either that or Black Friday. One of the two. Um, pardon me. I seem to always record Brave the Wild on Thanksgiving. So sorry. Ooh, I'm still about to cough again. Let's take a quick break. I can clear my throat and we'll preview some games and then fan interaction segment number three. So we're leading the league in three-point percentage. Andrew Wiggins is leading the league in three-point percentage. Now let's win some bleeping games. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two of the preview segment. We're going to preview three games, and I'm probably not going to cough this time. <laughs> or at least I'm trying not to. Saturday, November the 19th, the Minnesota Timberwolves head to Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, what's going to happen this time? I don't know. Uh, I think the Wolves will play better, though. I think Wiggins will continue the run he's been on. Carl Anthony Towns needs to, the, you know, this he needs to take this personal because of the way, what's his name? Well, what's his name? Marcus Soul. Kind of took it to him last time around, and it was really frustrating. Uh, Carl started so great, and then it seemed almost like a personal battle with him and Marcus Soule, particularly Mark, trying to rub it in his face uh, the last time around back in the season opener. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, it's on you, buddy. Go out there and show Marcus Soule what you got. Respond to him. I mean, Carl has definitely gotten larger physically. He shouldn't be getting manhandled like that, even though Marcus Soule is a big, big grown man, and Carl is only 21 now. He just turned 21. Um, happy birthday, by the way. <sighs> Come on now, Carl, go out there and whoop, go out there and beat Marcus. So that's one of the big giant keys coming in. 
Of course, Mike Conley, all of them. You know, we all know the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, the other guy. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you, you just don't want to see the same silly stuff happen that happened last time around. Um, J- Jermichael Green, that was his name. I'm like, who the heck is he? Yeah, Jermichael Green. Just, you, you don't want to see that happen again. And, of course, Carl will get to see his old friend Harris in there backing up Mike Conley. That's one thing, I guess, you can talk about. In a sense, Chandler Parsons wasn't available last time around. Uh, this is a game the Wolves need to win. Uh, Memphis is 6-5. and five. They've been stepping up. The Wolves almost never win in Memphis, but it's not like they have to win the game just because. I mean, it's yeah, it's early in the season and such, but it's, you know, it's, I think the Wolves should send a message considering how well they played against Memphis last time around. You know, Memphis just kind of took it to us in the second half. It's all about that third quarter. That's been what, That's exactly what we've been talking about pretty much from the beginning here, pretty much most of the season. That third quarter, I mean, I, I can anticipate the Wolves taking a lead in the game and then the third quarter, you know, I mean, that, that's a big fear coming into this one. Should, should I pick the Wolves to win this? I'm going to pick the Wolves to win the game because I think Carl is going to send a message. I think Carl is going to go off for 28-12, and 12, that type of game. Again, don't be surprised for Andrew to be right about right around in that twenty eight percent again. But then again, actually, I think it's going to be Carl and Levine in this one. More sense because I mean I remember Levine last time around made <laughs> scored thirty points. Uh, then again, Tony Allen's a good defender. That's the one fear also coming in. Nah, I'm I'm going to go with Andrew Wiggins. More likely, uh, he's going to get 28. Carl's going to get 28. 28, 28 to 30-ish for Andrew, that type of thing. But I think Carl does send a message to Marcus Soul. I know Carl took took that hard last time around. You could see it in his face. And go out there and do it, Carl. This is your opportunity to show uh, Marcus Soul what you got here. And, and maybe maybe Marcus Soul. Maybe Marcus Soul's status isn't what he thinks it is in this league, that type of thing. Okay, good luck with that. I know, but Carl out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and step out in good faith, and I think the Wolves will win the game 102-98. Uh, Boston Celtics come to Target Center. Mm. Uh, Celtics not off to quite the start people may have thought. They're only six and five coming in. Al Horford, Amir Johnson, their young rookie, not doing so much either. Um, boy, uh, just not so much to get too excited about the Celtics so far coming into the season. Uh, Kelly Olenek's been seeing a lot of playing time as, as well. Uh, I don't know what to dis- I, I don't know what to say about the Celtics other than Isaiah Thomas has just been absolutely fantastic. He's right under Andrew Wiggins in scoring. Avery Bradley's leading the team in rebounding. That is weird. Um, that's that's not good. Uh, Kelly Olenek only getting 6.5 a game as well. And unfortunately, Al Horford has been out for a long time, which I think gives the Wolves a very good chance to win the game. Uh, Horford's not been good for uh, so far since he's since he's been uh, since he's been in the <laughs> since he's been in the three games. Uh, only twelve points, five rebounds a game so far, averaging four point seven assists, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Jalen Brown, like most of the rookies, not really showing a whole lot yet. It'll be interesting to see him out there, though, considering he was one of the he's the guy that helped us get. Chris Dunn at the end of the day. We'll see just how good uh, Jalen Brown is. This will be our first look at him. I'm excited about that. Uh, Isaiah Thomas and Rubio, that'll be kind of a fun back and forth between those two, I suppose. Thomas is certainly going to get the better of him offensively. Hopefully Rubio can hold his own, but at the same time lead the offense in a positive direction. It's just crazy to see Avery Bradley leading the team in rebounding. Wow, that's crazy. When you have Crowder and and Olenek and, uh, of course, Al Horford on the team. Huh. I think a very winnable game for the Wolves, but again, what's the, been the Wolves' Achilles heel pretty much from 
since like 10 years ago, and it's perimeter defense. Uh, the Wolves have been making threes, but of course they give them up as well. That's the reason why the Wolves would lose. The reason why the Wolves would win is the fact that the Celtics just don't have a whole lot going on inside. Carl should have a monster game against the Boston Celtics, unless Al Horford, Al Horford is back on his game and really up to it. So far this year, Al Horford has been a pretty big disappointment for the Boston Celtics. That's the one thing about Al Horford, is he's a very good player, but he's always hurt. There's always something wrong with the guy. And this year's no different for... Mr. L. Horford. He's had a concussion issue since November 2nd. That's not good. Um, so that's the situation for Al at this stage. Crowder's had a sprained ankle as well. So a very winnable game. I will pick the Wolves to win the game, which, again, hopefully that doesn't sound too homerish. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's almost... I don't know. I, I can't pick them to win all these games because I think the Wolves will beat New Orleans, too. The Wolves should beat the Celtics, though. Uh... I'll say they, you know, I'm going to say they don't because of the perimeter defense. That's my fear. Like Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas, I'll pick the Celtics to win the game. And it's not because I, I mean, I can't pick the Wolves to win all three of these. There's just no way. I've got a good feeling about Carl Anthony Towns coming in these two games. Um, Wiggins is going to be a huge key all uh, long term as well. But no, I'm, I'll pick the Wolves to beat the Celtics. I'm going to go with a 105. To 101, a very close game, very entertaining. Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a monster game, I think, against the Boston Celtics. Um, he should be able to against that weak front line. And, you know, and, and it's all about just stay down low. You don't need to launch threes the whole time. Take advantage of a weak interior against the Boston Celtics and win the game. 105-101. But Timberwolves will win the game in this one. Carl should be the key in that game. Really, you know, pound it down low against that weak front line. That's the key for the game and hope for the best against the uh, perimeter shooting of the Boston Celtics. And of course the Celtics have to worry about the perimeter shooting of the Timberwolves. Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins and of course Carl on occasion. But again, please, please Thibodeau and uh, and just the whole team in general, Carl, just keep him down there, please. Uh, Timberwolves head to New Orleans. Louisiana, the old Southern hospitality, put the put the lemon in the tomato juice, whatever. I always like to say that. I don't know why, because it sounds so good. Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, the day everybody's all excited and happy, you get to see the Wolves on ESPN that night. That is pretty cool. Uh, 9.30 Eastern. 9.30 Eastern. That's really late for them, because, wow. But then again, New Orleans is also Central Time, so that would be 8.30 Central Time for us here. So we're the late game of the two between the... Uh, for the, for the ESPN, there's always the Eastern Conference game and the Western Conference game. We get to be the Western like we usually are. I'll pick the Wolves to not win this game. As lousy as the New Orleans Horn- uh, Hornets, I almost said it, New Orleans Pelicans have been. Um, only 2-10 and ten on this season. I don't know. I, I don't like the matchup. It seems to never work out. Um, Anthony Davis always seems to walk all over the Wolves. Uh, he always does. He has just huge performances. Uh, Drew Holiday as well. Very talented guy. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think the Wolves win this one. I think Davis is going to have a massive game. I really do. Uh, Drew Holiday, of course, not available, unfortunately. So <laughs> that's the way things are going. Uh, at least he hasn't been available. He's been practicing a bit. He's been out for a while with personal issues. Will he make a season debut? Well, we're still waiting on it. It's most likely going to be Friday. So we will see Drew Holiday which, again, will probably make it harder for us to win the game. That's another reason why the uh, Pelicans have been not so good, because they haven't had a good point guard. Drew Holiday, very talented guy. Tyreek Evans, a threat as well. Dante Cunningham's always played well against the Wolves, which is annoying. Um, I think 
the Pelicans win the game. I think Davis will have just a monster performance. He, of course, wants to show Carl Anthony Towns who's the better of the two young guys. And at this stage, Davis is ahead of him. Um, you, you can't come out and say that <laughs> Carl is ahead of Davis or Eagle with Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis is the winner at this stage, and he's uh, he's he's a league MVP type of player right now. Um, just been absolutely unbelievable. 30 points, 11 rebounds, a shot-blocking machine. No excuse for, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason for anybody to say that uh, Carl's ahead of him at this stage. Anthony Davis, I think, will lead the way for the Pelicans, and the Wolves will not win this one. So the Wolves will go 2-1. and one. They'll finish the week with a 6-8 and eight record, which isn't bad. Not bad at all. You'll see win, a road win against Memphis, and you'll see a home win against Boston, but you won't win the New Orleans game. How about that? That might drive people crazy, but it is what it is. Uh, this one is going to be... Something on the likes of 99 to 91. I think the uh, Pelicans will have some strong defense and they'll hit some shots. And of course, again, Davis down low is going to be unbelievable. And I think he'll frustrate Carl. I think the key to the game for the Wolves is, is Andrew Wiggins, um, much more than Carl, because I think Carl, it's just going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle for him. So the key to the game is the uh, Andrew Wiggins takes advantage of the Dante Cunninghams and the Tyreek Evans of the world and the lack of defense, and Zach Levine as well. Those two guys are huge keys for the Wolves because Carl, again, is gonna, it's going to be an uphill battle for him. So you're going to have to hope that the perimeter and the slashing to the basket will lead the way for the Wolves' victory, without a doubt. It'll be those two guys. So there you go. Wolves don't win the game, though. 99-91, to in my humble opinion. 6-8 and eight record coming back from that... Uh, coming back into Thanksgiving, and I hope all of you have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. I'll say that in the second, or the end of the third segment. So we'll be right back for some fan interaction, and you'll hear from Marcus the Forecaster as well. back here on Timberwolves Explosion Fan Interaction segment. There's the Twitter account, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Do join that. And of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. So there you go. Click like on that. Do join the page. Do follow the Twitter if you could. There is a voicemail or a a phone line as well, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. An opine, question, comment, whatever it is. Be great to hear from you. Please mention your name, though. I had one a while ago where the guy just said, Hey, dude, how's it going? You know, stuff like that. But he didn't say his name or anything. Um, it was nice. I, 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 I'm sure it was one of the guys from either Flip's Army or was it Wolves Nation over there. Um, please leave your name. I, I wish I heard from the guy again. Never heard from him again. If you're listening, please call in again. And any of you out there, locally, far away, wherever, see the local callers, or local, you can call the phone line. For, uh, but also there's the call now button, which could be for anybody. It's that, That's worldwide. It goes to the exact same line via Facebook Messenger, which is a wonderful uh, technology that exists today. You could be from Australia. You could be from Minnesota. You could be from anywhere. You could be from China and call right in through that. It's fantastic. There's also the audio submission route that Tanae has used, which is fantastic. Hope to hear from Tanae again. Hope I haven't pissed anybody off with some of the political rants I do on Facebook. I'm trying to calm down. I, I apologize. I really hope I haven't scared some people away. Uh, I know one or two people, but then again, I don't think they listened anyway. 
anymore. I think they stopped listening long ago just because they, I don't know, they just, they judge you by your politics for whatever reason, which I, I don't think is cool, but it is what it is. You don't have to agree with anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Tanae has used the audio submission route from uh, Tanae from New Zealand. You can use your uh, cell phone, tablet, whatever it is, recording uh, app, whatever it is. Just record a audio submission. Basically treat it just like a phone call and then email it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description on iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher and Double Twist. Pardon me, man. I'm losing it today. It's, just, it's raining hard and I feel kind of... Ugh. I do apologize. Plus, it's been a, almost a month since I've done the show. <laughs> so let's get to Marcus the Forecaster immediately. Otherwise, I will forget. Marcus the Forecaster, who's been a co-host of the show for... He was a co-host for a long time. And he'll occasionally come back. Hopefully he will. Um, but also, it's a nice way to get a hold of him via text or whatever. And that's how we're doing it here. He says, the team is too weak-bodied. If you go on YouTube and watch the Olympic team, go against the select team, there's a huge difference in size. Until we get someone like Andre or, uh, excuse me, DeAndre, like DeAndre Jordan or Whiteside, we won't win anything. Or even a guy like Craig Smith or, or Booker will just be a soft team. And I, I agree. The only guy that's strong on the team is Cole Aldrich. Uh, Carl's getting bigger. Carl is getting bigger, to be fair. But still, he got the, he got beat to hell by DeMarcus Cousins and, of course, uh, Marcus Gasol. Again, that's a huge key coming in. I hope Carl comes in and kick some butt. Marcus says, yeah, and Hill looks like he decided to get skinny, that being Jordan Hill, and Cat to me is, Cat uh, to me will be better as a power forward. Now that's where <clears throat> Pekovich, if only, if only, it, you know, if only things were so different. Because you remember last year when Pekovich did play center a couple games? Carl just went off. Because Pekovich plugged that middle and they had to focus on him down there because he can score, he's capable of scoring down low if he has the basketball. As long as there isn't too much traffic. If there's traffic, he struggles. But at the same time, it does create... <clears throat> he, he plugs the hole down there. People have to keep people have to keep up with him or body up to uh, Nikola Pekovic. And then Carl's free. And he just went off. He would get... He got like... He had 16 rebounds. He had like three blocks. And then he scorched the net from three on occasion as well. It was fun to watch. He had like 28 points, 16 rebounds, three blocks, four blocks. He was a way more athletic player. So I totally hear you, Marcus. You must have saw that as well. Um, <clears throat> Marcus was saying, I'm leaning towards Zach. I was talking about how Wiggins has been the best player on the team this year so far. Uh, and Marcus says, I'm leaning more towards Zach. Wiggins doesn't pass the ball when he should. Same for Cat. And he always loses the ball. I'm glad that Zach doesn't do a dance when he makes a three. And Yeah, I totally agree. I was saying how I'm tired of watching Rubber Muncher. Old Rubber Muncher, Steph Curry, you know, who obviously chews, chews on his mouth guard. That's why I call him Rubber Muncher. For those of you wondering, it's not anything like, yeah, lewd or whatever. Um, can't stand it. I can't stand the showing off after three-point shots. Oh, some of you think that adds personality to the game? Uh I don't know about that. I think there's a lot better ways to add personality to the game than just be a, just showing off and acting stupid. I don't know. Um, my tastes are quite different from some, some of the youngsters out there. That's all I got to say. Quite, quite different. I, I just like, you know, you can smile and, and have a good conversation with the reporter. You don't have to be dancing around acting like a schmuck. That's the way I see it. Doggone it. Thank you, Marcus the Forecaster, for the input there. Always love it. I mean, don't you miss him? I mean, I'm, I'm, I miss him a lot. <clears throat> I like doing the show solo as well, a little more freedom, but it's fantastic to hear from the forecaster on occasion. I hope he messages in more. 
I'll go to Twitter first. I've been doing that lately, at Wolves Explosion, like I mentioned. And we're sitting here staring at it because it doesn't want to do anything. Isn't that fun? Oh, I hate it. Uh, really, though, the, the whole Zach Levine thing. No, um, I, I don't think Zach's the best player on the team. Um, no, uh, he can certainly go off for 30 points, and he's very capable. His defense is not that good. Uh, he's inconsistent. I, I think he's more capable of a cold night than Ben Wiggins right now. Uh, and plus the fact he doesn't really get to the free throw line, and Andrew Wiggins absolutely gets to the free throw line all the time. And I love what I see in that sense. Ah, oh, man. So where was I? So this was during the Clipper game. This is during the Clipper game. I was saying how the Wolves are really sucking right now. And Darko Milicek, it's a mini OO Polis. <laughs> That's his uh, Twitter account. I believe he works with Holland T. Wolf which is a site I was affiliated in the past. Uh, he says, not really, when I said that. Clippers are the best team in the league right now. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, in November. That's kind of like my response. And he said, it's been eight games and, we play, and we've played well outside of three quarters. And they're still going to be a top four t- playoff team. I don't know. I don't know about that. Top four playoff? I don't know. They, they, they could be, sure. They could be, but... I don't know, I guess, uh, but they'll be the odd man out because there isn't a top four team other than Cleveland in the East. So they go with Cleveland, I think, is number one. I think they're number one with the bullet. They're the championship team, and they're coming back, and I think I think they're going to repeat this year. I, I really do. Golden State, as good as they are, they're they're vulnerable. They're, they're very vulnerable. They got hammered by the Lakers for Pete's sake. Um, they lost their season opener at home by the, to the Spurs. Just got their ass handed to them. So... I'm sure the Warriors are top four. I don't think they're number one. They're like two or three. So you add the Spurs in there, and then the Clippers. So that would make the Clippers third in the West. So I don't know. Uh, it's a top four by default because there's no, no there's no second best team in the East right now. It ain't the Celtics. Toronto's good, but whatever. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, Clippers would probably beat Toronto. That's the whole thing, which is kind of funny. Uh, okay, so I'm just bouncing all over there. He says they've already blown out the Spurs and the Blazers. So, yes, they're good, and they're off to a good start, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, you have a right to say that without a doubt, and I do appreciate the back and forth. There's nothing wrong with that. Hopefully he's a listener. I don't know. I appreciate that you're following. I'm not going to poo-poo the thought of the Clippers breaking through because you know what? They're due to break through. I mean, they have talent. I don't like most of the players in that team. I hate, you know, I, I really don't like Chris Paul. I don't like Blake Griffin. Jamal Crawford kind of pisses me off more than he used to. Um, I don't like him as much as I did in the past. He kind of gets on my nerves. Uh, Reddick gets on my nerves. Uh, so, But at the same time, yes, uh, it's a good team. It's well coached. I don't like Doc Rivers anymore either. Ugh. I mean, it's like once once a guy leaves a team you like, like your team or your second favorite team, like the Celtics in my case, and you see him somewhere else, you start seeing some things that you you know you, that you didn't see before. Like I don't like this guy at all. Like Garnett when he when he left the Wolves, that I started to not like him a little bit, kind of a little bit too much. Uh, I talked about that on another show, Gar- Garnett retrospective. For those of you that haven't listened to that yet, um, <clears throat> Vince chimed in during that game and he said, "Thibs to make some trades." I wouldn't be surprised because did you did you ever hear me mention the name Shabazz Muhammad? I would not be surprised if Shabazz Muhammad is off the roster by <clears throat> by the trade deadline or next summer at the very least. I think Shabazz Muhammad will not be back. Uh, I don't think he's coming back. I, I, I bet secretly he's unhappy right now. I mean, he will get more playing time on a different team at, at this stage, like a like a New Orleans Pelicans. Think about it, Dante Cunningham or Shabazz Muhammad. 
I'd go with Shabbat, so that might be a nice destination for him. Not sure, sure who we would get from the Pelicans, but whatever. Uh, we'll talk about that when it happens. Tanae Brown chiming in, saying, I think we all set our expectations too high. Yeah, takes time for a new coach to improve a team, and we're still so young. Still really frustrating, though. I couldn't couldn't agree more, Tanae. Um, that's perfectly well said. I, I don't really have... Don't really need to add anything to it because that's just it's perfectly said. Um, yeah, uh, I think the expectations are too high. Yes, or were too high coming in. I think giving them the fifth seed in the West probably not a good idea, even though the West is top heavy, but it's not bottom heavy. Uh, Adam Ryan, I gave him a huge compliment in all earnest podcast. I highly recommend his Kelly Trapuka pod, uh, Kelly Trapuka episode. Wow, that guy's cool, man. Kelly Trapuka's awesome. And I subscribe to In All Earnest. I've listened to it forever since it started, from episode one to today. Adam Ryan just does an awesome job. Um, yeah, uh, he basically harkens back into the days of the Air Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Even back into the early 80s with some of these guys. Goes back to old school players, um, Guys from the old school all the way up to like the the, the early two thousands ish. It's kind of the Michael Jordan era, we'll say. Guys that played anywhere, maybe they were retiring in eighty five, but anything like that, anywhere from like eighty four, eighty five, till two thousand three, I believe he will uh, definitely uh, look to get on his show. And there's thousands of players you could get on. I mean, his show could go on forever, and he also does uh, episodes where he keeps up, where he uh, does thirty year anniversary. So it's like when it was. Uh, 2015, he did a 30 anniversary, 30th anniversary of NBA 85, and then NBA 86, and he'll get into NBA 87. Does a great job, so had to give him a shout out there. Oh, he's definitely been, uh, he, he's one of the Aussie Mafia out there. Yep, I'm just saying that. Uh, all of us, like Vince and uh, Hank and so many others, Dan, Dan May, so many, so many uh, good names, bad names. You know, not everybody, not everybody's, not everybody's perfect, but there's a lot of good shows out there from Australia. Some of them have come and gone, but the courtside's hung around. In all earnest, is hung around, and those are two of the best Australian basketball podcasts on the planet. They cover the NBA like a glove, just beautiful. Um, Vince Germano says, "Oh yeah," and Adam was telling me, "Thanks, Joey Kelly's a great guy." Here's part two, and yes, he gave me the part two, and yep, uh, just. Awesome, uh, Vince Germano says. Well, well, playing Jordan Hill would be a would be would be a start. The guy can help with bench scoring and rebounding. Provides energy too, and I agree. I've never understood what's going on with Jordan Hill and uh, Mister Tom Thibodeau. I don't know what's going on. After that, it's mostly retweets and likes, retweets and likes, and uh, I do appreciate that very much, uh, Vince and Tanae retweet the show very often, and I thank you very much, guys, for that. It. It's worth its weight in gold. It really is. I love it so much. Um, Tanae wraps up the Twitter section saying, Wiggins is on another level in this game. He'd been playing great, but this is something else, man. He's special. Yes, he is. He is uh, the, the keys to this team, the keys to the franchise, have been given to Andrew Wiggins, and it is showing right now. And thank you, Tom Thibodeau. That's the best decision he has made since he's been president of the Minnesota Timberwolves coming in. Let's get to the Facebook page, if that would be very helpful. Timberwolves Explosion Facebook page. I mentioned uh, facebook.com forward slash wolves explosion. So the last episode being targeted, that's what it was called. Joseph Phillips says, nice podcast, could not watch the games. But even though it was a loss, I thought, uh, tough loss based on the box score. 
when you said they had 16 and 24 zip runs against them, yeah, well, that was that is atrocious. The hype in the preseason from sports sites and betting shops for the Wolves was awesome, but two losses to start with a reality check. By the way, if we ever catch up in mini, please never start streaming or swearing in the middle of the street. I'll try not to. No, I, I don't think I will, but... <laughs> oh, don't blame me, though, if I get a little frustrated with this team sometimes, so... It's nothing personal I was talking about, although, yep, yep, and since the last show, I didn't even mention this, it was right on Halloween, the Wolves and, and Gorgie Zhang were nearing and then and inked a four-year $64 million agreement, so Gorgie Zhang will be hanging around for $16 million a year. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. Uh, yes, after this, there'll be visitor posts. Okay, so now there's uh, Cavs and Timberwolves discussing trade involving Iman Shumpert and Ricky Rubio. We'll see what happens at this one. Um, I don't really know the full details of it at this stage. Fred Mitham says, No, he's my favorite player to heckle. Ha! Hank McCoy of the Courtside Podcast says, Love this move for Minnesota. Gives the Wolves a defensive stopper. He's got a nice outside shot. And he is not so hot under the collar like he was his first two years in the league with the Knicks. Dan May says, And he gets injured a lot like every other fifth game. Rubio gets hurt too, though, Dan, and Dan agreed with that. Yep, I was telling you, yeah, Rubio gets hurt all the time. I mean, all the frickin' time. So that's where the frustration comes in. Some guys get hurt all the time, Rubio and Schumpert, both in that category. Hank McCoy says, but he can shoot a jump shot and defend. Yes, I agree with that. They kind of had a conversation back and forth. Dan was saying, no, he tore his ACL just before his trade to Cleveland. I think you'll find most of the sitting to be caution. Hmm. And he said, what about in New York? I'm not saying he's shit, but he's just always out. Fred Mitham says, unless there's some someone heckling him, yelling, shoot it, Gerald. What's that? All that? Shoot it, Gerald? Oh, is he talking about uh, shoot it, Gerald? Seriously, it's easy to get under his skin, referring to Gerald Wilkins, who also played for the Cavs and Knicks, who and were 21. Interesting, interestingly, after a few games of my Gerald heckling a target center, all poor outings for him, he changed his number to four. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Huh. That is kind of funny. Uh, Anthony Gazzo says, why Rubio? Joseph Phillips says, pigs, uh, pigs arsed, I guess is what he's saying. I suppose the Wolves were also exploring trading Rubio for Tim Tebow. Ha! <laughs> Just because a team has a need doesn't mean a possible trade. Let's trade Adrian Payne for a new plumber at Target Center. That's about all you'd get for it at this stage. I'm sure they need a new plumber, and we don't need Adrian Payne. That's funny. you got to like that conversation back and forth. I don't know what to make of it. Um, Shumpert's all right, but I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. <sighs> hmm. So we'll continue. We'll start with Joseph Phillips. He says, puke. I meant to say our bench early in the second quarter versus the Nuggets. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was bad. Uh, he says, a truly a horrific loss. I don't know why some of these posts get hidden. I was unfortunate. I didn't, uh, I don't know, it must be the phone or something. Vince says, well, Towns dropped 50, and that was that Nuggets game. And I said, it doesn't matter one bit. We flat stink right now. He said, ouch, just check the score. Yep, and things just went really downhill. Yeah, I was sad. Um... Joe Phillips saying, which is scarier, the game footage of one or one of the films mentioned in this article? I'm still confident they will come good. They have not gelled yet. They have lost close games close to uh, due to dumb decision-making on both the players and the coaches' part. Player minutes, Tibbs. <laughs> Tibbs. Most 
Importantly, it's not hard to fix one bad quarter against fixing four quarters. As for the bench, we are doomed. Deja vu, as I said last season and the season before. Yeah, it has been deja vu, all right. Joseph Phillips, a couple more here. He says, Benchophobia. Woo, the fear experienced by Minnesota Timberwolves fans and the coaches utilize the bench squad in games. Treatment recommended by doctors includes sedatives or indifference. Yeah, because the bench has not been good. Tyus to begin the fourth quarter versus the Nets and Joe Phillips like that. Vince says, again, Jordan Hill doesn't play, but Aldrich does. I, I yeah, I, I don't get it. Aldrich is bigger, but I, I don't know. Not good. Um, I think Jordan Hill should be getting playing time, and I'm going to continue to say that. I, I don't think Jordan Hill came here to sit off the bench. I mean, he's a nine points a game, nine, eight or nine rebound type of guy. I don't get it. Um, Cole Aldrich is maybe a three and three, four and four type of guy, you know, as in like very few minutes too. Just he's not a guy that should get a lot of minutes. Joe Phillips wrapping things up with a couple here says a lot has been made about the Wolves third quarters. I'm sure we have had the same issues last season. Does anyone agree or disagree? I agree because I did the Wiley Wall episode, uh, the Wiley Coyote Wall and Phillips says, indeed, I do remember that. Yep. (laughs) He says, is there any point of the 76ers in this league might Wolves might as just well play their secondary for the whole game. It's not fun winning when you're playing such a bad team. And yeah, very similar to the Memphis game. Um, Sixers barely even showed up to play. And what's going on with Jill Okafor too? I mean, remember what he was supposed to be? Oh, uh, it's not going well. And then you got Joel Embiid out there basically taking his spot. Uh, I think Okafor is going to get traded. What a bummer for them. They take, oh, they get Okafor. He falls to them when they were probably hoping for D'Angelo Russell. And then here they sit, kind of screwed right now. They better hope they can get a decent amount for uh, Jaleel Okafor. But then again, maybe they're asking too much, and that's why nobody's been traded yet. You also have Nerland's Noel as well. Noel, Noel. Yep, as we head into Christmas season very soon. (laughs) So that'll wrap up the fan interaction and wrap up the show in general. I hope I've not been too out of it today. Uh, it's been three weeks since I did the show. I'm kind of a little bit feeling weird. I don't know, kind of exhausted still from working so much. Been working constantly. And again, I'm not going to sit here and whine about my work, work, work all the time. But, eh, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with things. Hopefully I can. I wanted to get this show out before I got too far behind. Wish the weather was a little bit nicer. I'd be probably feeling a little more energy right now. So do apologize if you've noticed at all. Hopefully you haven't. Hopefully I've been able to give you what I normally do, a very energetic, passionate show about the Timberwolves. Please do tell your friends about Timberwolves Explosion. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Yes, it would. Uh, Please write a review on iTunes. It's been waiting for one. Please, guys, they've been up there, but it needs some more. It's been a while since the last one, so please, if you could, write a positive review on iTunes for Timberwolves Explosion or Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you all for your involvement in the show. Please call in, whatever it is. Continue to interact. The Hanks, Tanae's, Vince, Joe Phillips. Fantastic. Thank you very much for all your uh, involvement with this show. You're so appreciated. I mean, absolutely. Everything you say is worth its weight in gold. It, it really is. And I thank you so very much. And I just stole a line from uh, <laughs> Adam Ryan, but I had to say it. Um, thanks again so much. We'll be back next week. We're hopefully a team that's a little bit closer to 500.